The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, a podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm, network, My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. This show is, is your job making you sick? Are you like many people today thinking about changing your jobs? Something called quiet quitting? Maybe even you're doing the normal thing that people used to call normal, like giving your notice. Remember that old country music song, take this job and, well, you know what it means. Working virtually seemed to be the solution. If you thought that your work was numbing your soul, you maybe quit that CEO job, started coaching, or started traveling around the United States or somewhere around the world in an RV. But even that started to grow old. Maybe you started arguing with your partner Then the gas crisis came on. And then, of course, COVID may have hit and you started working virtually and you thought, oh, what a relief. I don't have to go in, deal with a traffic jam. But then that started to grow old, too, because, well, nobody dressed up anymore. So you look in your closet and you have all these suits, outfits, and you dress in jammies all the time and warm-ups. And even that started to grow old. We all felt like shrubs, or what's the phrase? I can't say it in Yiddish, shrubs. So work can make you ill, but work like air is important. Is your work making you ill? On the other hand, If it's stressful and you stay home all the time, an absence of challenge can make you sick too. So what do you do? What do you do? I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I'm going to show you the mind-body medical intuitive solutions for your mind, your body, and your soul on how work is critical for your health and happiness But like anything, too much of it is not good. 
too little of it is not good, but not the right kind of it isn't good either. So when I was a kid, when I got to high school, well, first of all, I was in, I was in the hospital for a year with a spinal surge, a spinal fusion. I missed the entire sixth grade. And what amazed me was how little I actually needed to go to school. I got all that work done <laughs> at home, flat on my back. I couldn't believe it. What a waste. So when I got to high school, every once in a while, I got sick and tired or sick and tired, and I just stayed home and caught up. And it just seemed more efficient. And that actually seems like now what we're working for, which is the four-day work week. On the other hand, when I went to college, I noticed that I wasn't a person that liked to go to class. That I liked to miss class and read other people's notes. There was something about going into class and sitting around other people that I felt their emotions. And then when I went to work after graduating from college, there was a whole nother other stuff going on in the work environment that work is not work. There are stuff, Michigas going on, subliminal stuff that makes work exhausting. And many of the stuff that people think is making you sick at work isn't the work. It's the people around the work. If work was just work, well, it would just be the content. We have two brains. We have a left brain for details and we have a right brain for nuance. Left brain are the words we speak. The rain in Spain falls mainly in the plains. And the right brain is the way it's said and the posture. Majority of the time, it's not what you do at work. It's how you're talked about and told to do something at work. I am sure majority of things that make you sick or tired or the interactions, the people, the authority, the level of caring and the politics that wears you down. And chances are many of it mirror the interactions you have with your family. Staying home may feel like you avoid all of that. The only problem is that you lose vitamin R. And vitamin R is relationship. Because work is getting a family. It's getting another gang of people. Groups of people give us a sense of safety and security and a sense of belonging. So work is not just work. It is the gang. Who doesn't remember that show, Mary Tyler Moore, where the beginning is a rainbow and the end says, you're going to make it after all. And then you see her throw the hat up. 
all of us, or at least a lot of women in the 80s or 70s, used to get a warm feeling about that. I certainly did because I wanted to be Mary in an office where everybody just hugged you and liked you. But to my utter horror, it was never that way. <laughs> there, was, there was a Mr. Grant who was crabby. And he often said, he would be like, you have spunk. Yes, I do. I hate spunk. So there's always that quality about a boss that's difficult to read and you have to figure out how to work around their weirdness. And there is always a Ted ba Baxter who gets more money than you, but is a boob. There is always someone like that. And if you can negotiate your way around them and not be perennially angry, it won't make you sick. However, if you stay angry, I'm right, they're wrong, things should be different. Why is he making so much money when he's he's dumber than a bag of rocks, <laughs> does very little, walks around all day in a blazer? And then, of course, there's a Sue Ann Nivens, someone who's always having affairs. Every lab I've ever worked in has always been a Sue Ann Nivens, with someone who seems to have more time to have affairs when the labs I had, it was like I could never get in the laser room. Or one room was this room that counted gamma counters at an unnamed university. I'm like, why is that door always locked, always locked? And people would look at me and smile. And because it was a laser room and the laser room was always locked. It's because people would go in there and have sex. How did I know? How did I know? And I was always bitching and moaning because there was this nuance. I went to work, God forbid, to work. They weren't to work to fool around and meet someone to get married. Who knew? So I was crabby and they were fulfilled because they were getting their rocks on in the laser room. I thought the job was at hand was to get the job done. For them, the job was the playing field to which to get their rocks off. So you will be crabby and not be a team player. You have to learn how to blend in. So Sue Ann Nivens will be the person who is always having sex and then is catty meow, meow, and sees you as a potential threat and a competitor. And then, of course, there's something they need from you. When I was worked in one lab, they always wanted me to be on the softball team. And I didn't want to be on the softball team. And they saw that I biked back and forth to work. And it partly is because I had epilepsy and I couldn't get a license. They didn't care. The other part was I had to get there at 7 a.m. to get underneath the microscope and get on the machines and get the hell out of there by 4.30 so that I could go to my PhD classes afterwards. They didn't care. They wanted me to play softball because they were funded and I was not. The problem was I wasn't a team player. As a result, I was left out of the loop and out of politics. And as a result, I didn't have people have my back. There's always a price to be paid for someone who puts themselves on the sideline. Are you one of those people? Were you the person who was distant, removed on the sideline when you grew up? Were you the black sheep? then you're going to do the same thing at work. You're going to be the person that people don't go out with after work 
drinking or something like this. And you'll say, well, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Neither do I. But you can sit there and have a Shirley Temple or something and pretend. Because apparently it's important. I sound like I didn't do it and I don't. So work involves playing the game. Isn't that ironic? And if you have trouble doing all of those auxiliary right brain things, because there's something unique about you, then you're going to get sick. That's the point. That's the point I'm making. And sooner or later, if you start, I see a cat's rear end in the background. Sooner or later, you'll start to intuitively key in that you don't belong. Because either people notice you were not drinking with them. They int they're intuitive too, and they sense that you think they're dumber than a bag of rocks. They sense that you're older and you think you're smarter and no more. They see that you're standing aside or there's a bunch of other qualities that you don't belong. And it's like that thing on Sesame, which one of the Sesame Street, which one of these things don't belong? There comes a point when you start to realize the dynamic of a conflict at work and you do just what's going on now which is you start to get distracted from the task at hand, which is work, and get you get involved in just what's going on now, which is you start to get involved with people who are bored and do, see how that is? You get involved with people who are bored because they're so smart at work that they can do their work and then they want to mess around. And they see you when you're sensitive and they'll mess around with you and provoke you and you get sick. Do you see how that worked just then? And they know how to provoke you. I'll do this very fast. You get keyed in to the people who are bored, who go to work not to work, but to offend. And you have to learn how to Workproof you because otherwise you'll stay away from a valuable nutrient in life that fertilizes your brain and fertilizes your body. Work is the most important antidepressant. Work is the most fertile antidepressant. To withdraw it is the most sad and awful thing. For you to avoid a situation which helps strengthen your brain, your mind, your self-esteem, and your connection with other people is truly tragic. If you're getting sick at work, you have to have someone outside of you find out why. This session is fascinating. Because we have been hacked into visually and auditorily with disturbing imagery. It's very similar to what happens to people at work. I will not subject you to this only to say 
that you can learn DBT to not avoid the awful people we meet in the world. There are more good people than bad. There were more adverse situations if that's what we focus on. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. I've only included people that I know in this room. Can you hear me? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you can hear me. Better yet, I'm unmuting muting everybody's. I can hear you fine, Mona Lisa. Yes, we can hear you. Sorry, I was looking for my reactions. Did you have a troll? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, it happens on Zoom. It never happened to me before. Oh, yeah, it's happened to us. What I like is the fact. I don't know Stacey and Furster. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's happened. I've been in uh, Zoom sessions where it's happened. What I like is the fact that you people came back. That's what you do with work. For the people listening to this podcast, you came back. That's what you do with work. When you get sick, you find out why. You find out what the troll is in the system. And you do not give in. Did you see how sick I got? Did you see I was about to cry? No, I didn't see that you were about to cry because I intuitively just chimed in after you got rid of the troll. Oh, I cry. I've been crying since I was 12. The thing is, you will. Your form of crying is you'll get sick because your body will cry. No one's coming in because they can rename themselves Sally, Mary, whatever. I don't care. The thing is, people have a weird way finding love. Um, When I was a camp counselor working, there was a kid who looked like they had a cloud. And we used to call that person disturbed. And so I was filling out my awards and awards you do at the end of the week. And even if the person didn't do well, you would um, find an award to make them feel good. Make it like, you would try to get the person to do their work better. So as I'm looking out the window, making my award ribbons, I saw, you know, this little girl standing in line, what I call a squared away camper, like you at work, trying to get your work done. Nice, on time, neatly. 
She was standing in line in the front of the office with her bag lunch and her towel all rolled up with a bathing suit. And I saw this other person with a dark cloud over their head walk up, look both ways, and just hit her right upside the head. Never saw anything like it. So I screamed out the window, hey! And she jumped because she didn't see any, think anybody saw her. So I walked out the front door of the office. I said, why did you do that? And one might ask the same thing during this podcast. Why would someone waste their time? Get a job is the phrase that someone would do. What is the fulfill fulfillment? I can tell you what the fulfillment is in a second. Why would someone taunt someone at work? Why would make someone make someone miserable? And so she said, I didn't like the look of her. That's it? We are a bunch of people on a podcast talking about why you don't like work. Why would you want to bother us? <laughs> I mean, what is it for you? So she said, I don't like the look of her. I went, that's it? That's all you got? Yep, that was it. So I made her sit in the office for 45 minutes. And then I said, would you like anybody to do that to you? Hit you upside the head? Nope, nope, nope. You can't say they had violence. You can't say that. I know that's sweet, Katerina. I understand you think that way, but trust me, not all people who do this have violence. I'm going to explain why. Honest to God, it's an empathic explanation. Of course, something's not right, but I'm going to explain. So I lit her outside again, and then I changed windows for when I was looking out so she would not see me. So she kept looking at the window to see if I was looking out and I wasn't there. I was on the other side of the office. And she went up to the same little girl who's now her eyes are all red. She looked both ways and she hit her again. Kids starts going, what? And I walked outside again and I went, what are you doing? And she said, what? I didn't do anything. Some people have a corrupted love map. We all have in our limbic system, five basic emotions, fear, anger, sadness, love, and joy. Now it's even harder to look at these people want to get into this podcast and not let them in. It is a normal brain, norm, meaning out of a Gaussian curve of 100, two standard deviations, 98%. You see people want to get in the door, like cats wanting to get in the door, dogs wanting to get in the door, or people wanting to be waited at a table. You're, the usual response is to let them in. But 2% people, because that gives you a sense of joy to help somebody. I'm not getting paid for this show. Makes me exhausted and want chocolate, quite frankly, when I do it. But suffice it to say, the normal response is to love something that gives you joy. To, um, to, to feel joy when you give somebody pleasure. To feel anger when you see injustice. This is how we are wired innately. Just like cats, when you injure them, they growl. When um, cats feel joy, they purr. It's an instinctual wiring, okay? 
However, some people have an aberrant map that they feel joy when somebody else feels pain. They do. Do you know what that's called? And we're not talking about a sexual proclivity because that is um, consent. And what happened was not consent. That's called sadism. Now, I'm not talking about sadomasochism. S&M is done between two consenting adults who are playing a role. That's very different. This is a person who, whether it's in a work environment or something, inflicts pain on someone, picks on them. Whether it's a boss picking on an employee or a colleague picking on an employee, sexual harassment, or taunting on someone. These are the major reasons why people get sick at work. People go, no, I don't believe it. Oh, well, yeah? How about all this crap that happens with bullying in school? Bully, bully, bully. You think that automatically changes once you get out of school? No, it doesn't. It then goes to the marketplace. And then goes into the work environment. The bully in grade school and then middle school and high school becomes the bully in the work environment. And then, of course, online. That just happened. We're working here. This is a place of biz. Art creates light. So how do you bully proof? We can't exactly go to human resources, HR, and report the guy. You need skills. A lot of people avoid the work. They leave it to get another job, but bullies are all over. You can learn what part of your body is genetically predisposed for it. The people who stayed on, I won't use your names. I applaud you. You're either masochistic, which will keep going to the area of abuse, or you've learned resilience, or you're tougher than a bag of rocks. To quote Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, look for the helpers. Chances are there are other people getting sick too. <laughs> if you find yourself wanting to run away, especially if it's a boss, I hate to say this, don't necessarily go to HR. And the reason being, because if it's a person who's in seniority, HR works for that person. And you'll just be re-victimized. Look for a helper outside of this environment to find out what your options are. Now, I would love to say the world is fair. It is not. The world is created by whatever. I can tell you books have been written about people who have been fired, who've quit, and gone on to jobs that are better served. Bullies are angels. As you can see, this person or persons who's perpetrating this madness has only created a better show. Do you get it? Because they've created a workplace that is horrific. But we've demonstrated on my face, your face, all of our faces, how to work in an environment that is sickly and ill-inspiring.
and it is possible to do that. Does any, I suffer? You can use DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. A good medical intuitive can help you read the language of your body and what it's telling you. But if it involves imagery, sexual abuse, sexual coercion, like what just happened, audio or video, you might need something like EMDR or good work with PTSD to neutralize it from you because some of the images we just saw were unbelievable. However, just like reclaiming your life, one needs to reclaim work which empowers medical intuition, third center, self-esteem, work, a sense of strength and resilience. To run away and not see the language of why this job is making me sick and just don't blame it on mold. There's always something stronger than that. Or we were hacked. You know, I wasn't hacked a time before or the time before, or the time before. Why now? Always ask yourself, why now? Why in this job? Why now? And if it happens in every work environment, you have to ask yourself, what is the commonality? What skill do I not have that I haven't learned to survive working in captivity? Because it doesn't mean necessarily you're not meant to work in society, it means I need to get that playbook to be able to do it. Does anybody have a question? I shudder to ask, but I'm not going to avoid because post-traumatic stress disorder phobias, which are the most common disorders, are people who've been hurt or injured. And the um, thing that you notice first is avoidance. You stay away. So when people get sick and work, or get hurt in work, the first thing they do is avoid. And as you notice, I don't want to ask a question, but I'm going to, because I'm not going to exhibit the symptom of someone who got emotionally hurt or injured in a work environment, which of course just happened now. Does anybody have a question? K, M, S, or K? Raise your paw. Everybody's afraid. They don't want to get hacked. I don't blame you. Go forth, be brilliant. Work is the most strongest antidepressant. You know, they say that having a trust fund and being supported can be in not working. Though at first it can feel like a vacation and wonderful, is the most one of the most disabling things one can have. They say that necessity is the mother of invention, that work makes the person. Why? Challenge, constantly maneuvering oneself around people situations, always creating novel and uh, handling novel challenges and change, dementia proofs you. 
makes your brain more resistant to Alzheimer's disease. People who prematurely retire have an increased risk for dementia, cancer, degenerative disorders. Don't do that. After the recent surgery, it was very hard for me to work. I didn't feel good. And people have a self-worth other than work. But he realized all I wanted to do was to live, to love, to look out a window at nature, but to work. When I was very ill at 19, falling asleep everywhere, there was seizures and sleep disorder. I went to a court in data, senior reposo. And he said, you have eyes like God. You know, I'm not God, but you have eyes, comma, like God, you can see into people's lives. You can help them with their health. Your spells are kind of like that. It's not unusual. People with a form of epilepsy often have exaggerated medical intuitive gifts. A lot of people can be medical intuitives, but the point of the matter is being epileptic can make you have better facility, like a savant. Suffice it to say, he said, when you learn to use this ability, your spells will get better. They won't go, to, go away, they'll get better. When I don't do medical intuition, I get sick. There have been times in my life when people have suggested for me not to do medical intuition. They'll think you're crazy, they'll think you're not. Just be a physician. And you understand, I can't not do this work. I can't. When they say, I say, I can't talk about that. And they say, why? Why can't you talk about it? I say, I can't. But I won't. I have to do what I was put on this earth to do. And so do you. Which is why I say avocation of calling. You may retire from one or stop one job, but you must do something. You must use your gifts and talents and brilliance. And you can't let anything stop you. Nothing. And today has been an evidence that these brilliant, indomitable spirits that have been online with me haven't. I want to thank you for welcoming you to your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Join me next week and maybe these goblins and ghoulins who have helped us learn to work it through. Work it. You can do it. Thank you so much. You people are fabulous. I love you to pieces. And for the person who kept interrupting, who apparently wants us to see their undercarriage, it didn't work. And it just made a better show. Thank you so much. I will see you all next week. Have a great day. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation 
and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.